and welcome to Fresh Pressed for November 24th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and ravenous grooves. Gabe, it's almost Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday. Truly. And last year, we sort of did a joke theme for Thanksgiving. We did turkey, but it was the country instead of the food. So that was oh. sort of a funny thing. It's pretty clever. We've, this year, we've... Uh, you know that was a year ago that was one of the first one of the early episodes you know single digits um we've set aside those childish things and we are doing songs about the state of being hungry i'm sorry i'm sorry i I read it wrong about the uh state of hungary oh uh uh, listen i know all about the state of hungary it was my country uh in the fake model un thing that we did when we were in sixth grade do you remember that Oh, man, I do remember that. My country was Oman. Oh, that's very clever of you. So what you're saying is we're doing another country thing for Thanksgiving? We sure are. I I don't know if I'm prepared for... Hold on, let me go find a song real quick. Okay. All right, I'm back, but you should start anyway. Okay, well, I will start um, with a... Romanian-born composer, which I learned this morning. But look, he lives in Hungary now, and he teaches at the List Academy in Budapest. Close enough, then. He has since 1982, so it seems good enough to me. You know, I thought his name looked pretty Hungarian, but I guess not, then. Uh, I mean, it says he's a Romanian-born Hungarian composer, so he's he may be ethnically Hungarian, but spent the first part of his life in Romania. Anyway... That's the sort of thing that we get into after I tell you what the song is. This is the composer Gheorghe Orban and the song Demon Irepit Kalidus. Now, this recording that I have selected is uh, from the National Lutheran Choir. Which nation? Probably ours. I mean, that's fair. But I don't know, actually. That's a good point. Uh, So, anyway, Gheorghe Orban, born in Romania, as I said, in 1947. He went to the Cluj-Napoca Academy of Music. I'm sure that's not how you say that in Romanian. And he taught there after graduating. And then in 1979, he moved to Hungary. And as I said, he is a professor of composition at the Liszt Academy of Music uh, in Budapest, which he has been since 1982. Um, so this song is called Demori Repit Kalidus. The text is uh, an anonymous medieval text in Latin that is all about Matt Damon and how he tempts you away from Jesus. But Jesus is better than Matt Damon. Now, Andrew, I did notice how you're doing a little bit of a podcast crossover with this song, given your predilection for demons in general. Well, Gabe, you're like two fucking years behind. Haven't touched a demon since Ohio. We're in space now. There's no demons in space. Well, that's actually debatable. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, so this song is about the devil, and it sounds like it, which I love. It sure does. It is very sinister in tone. I sang this song 
in my college choir, the Canyon College Chamber Singers. One of those years that I was in college, don't remember which one, but I do remember this song very vividly. I mean, to be fair, I'm a huge nerd. I remember every single song <laughs> that we sang in college, but I feel like even among those songs, this is particularly memorable because of how fucking cool it is. You know, you sing a lot of Latin because there's a lot of Latin choral music. Sure. And a lot of it is stuff that I really enjoy, like Renaissance and medieval music. But it's also really cool to get the chance to take this, like, modern look at it. That's not one of those, like, classic tech, not from the mass. It's not something that you sing a thousand times that you know all the words to. It's just new melodies with the same rules it's it's a modern composer doing like a little known text and it's really badass for a choral piece i think no i think choral music can be badass irrespective of anything else i don't need i don't think you need to qualify it in that way <laughs> this is really cool it, orban does a great job of really summoning the imagery of the devil <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of minor seconds, which is that that tight little interval. Do 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 do. I I think what I like about this in its characterization of the devil is that it really nails the like. I don't know, like horror movie, like do 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 stabby 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 that kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? I do, I do. But then it also has those more legato sections, which really feel a, a little more classical. It's less like jump scare and more like frightening sequence. Think of like a horror roller coaster kind of thing. It feels carnivaly, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. There's a level of grandiosity in those yeah. big sweeping sections, which I think is important for any characterization of the devil. This is not some minor imp. Yes, and it's also important if you look at specifically that section in the text. I mean, the whole thing is about the devil and tempting you. Um, but specifically that part of the text is caro venatur sensibus sensus adhere dapibus, which is... The flesh is tempted by sensuality. Gluttony clings to our senses. Inescatur impinguatur dilatatur, uh, which is it overgrows, it encroaches, it stretches. Um, so that's really like it overgrowing and encroaching and stretching. I just feel like I don't, every time I hear that or sing that part of the song, I really feel like I am at like a haunted carnival. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like it's that whole thing of like, the thing about a carnival, about a haunted carnival, is that it's, like, tempting because there's all these attractions and things, right? But they're all run by scary clowns. So you get on the ride because it seems exciting. But then a scary clown is is there to stab you or whatever. I'm here to tell you that this metaphor has gone too far. It's sort of gone off the rails of the... Of the roller coaster with the scary clown on it? Well, well, well. (laughs) 
Gabe, you've picked a song that is, in fact, in Hungarian. I assume, because it's not in Latin and it's not in English. And it's not in French. And it's not in Italian or Spanish. It's not in Chinese. I feel like I could probably get that one. Japanese, Korean. I could probably guess Hindi. Or any sort of South Asian language. I could at least get it into that category. Anyway, is, what tell us about your song? <clears throat> right. This is Pilanot from Lemurian Folk Songs off their 2019 record, Ima. Okay, first disclaimer. Hungarian words. None of them are going to be pronounced right. I have no clue how to pronounce Hungarian. Andrew, as you, I'm sure, are aware, Hungarian is a very different language from anything else in Europe. Yes. Or pretty much everything else in Europe, right? It's not a Romance language, and it's not a Slavic (laughs) language, even though it's firmly between those two parts, and everybody else around them speaks (laughs) something like that. Uh, it's got its own thing going on. I'm actually not even certain that Hungarian is Indo-European. It's Uralic. Interesting. Yeah, it fits into, like, it's like one of those, there's like three, when I think of weird languages in Europe, I think, like, Basque, Finnish, and Hungarian. So I have no basis for any of these words I'm going to say that are in Hungarian. Um, Generally, this band, Lemurian Folk Songs, sings in English, actually. But I thought it would be cool to bring something where they're singing in their native tongue. Um, So with that said, they consist of four individuals whose names I will attempt to pronounce. Uh, Benis Christina is the vocalist. Uh, Ambrose Benche is the guitar. Uh, Nemeshazi Attila on the bass. And Baumgartner Istvan on the drums. (laughs) Okay, you got a few gimmies in there. And by that, I mean non-Hungarian names. Yeah, I don't know. Baumgartner, Istvan? I don't think either of those are Hungarian. I think Istvan is like a Turkish. That sounds Turkish to me, but what the fuck do I know? I know Baumgartner. Anyway, Andrew, this year our theme is Hungary, not Turkey. Yes, correct. You're so right. Um, And the four of them come out of Budapest, which, you know, capital, largest city in Hungary, not all that shocking, um, and definite hub of culture in that nation. Um, This is their second full-length record. They also released a record this year, um, which would be their third, but this one is from last year. And all of their music kind of centers on this very clear and obvious psychedelic rock. Yeah, you sent this song to me, and I didn't listen to it, but I looked at the title. I mean, I have listened to it since. I'm getting there. Uh, I... (laughs) I looked at the title. I was like, oh, we picked some like Hungarian folk song. Okay, I'll listen to that later. Um, and then this morning, I listened to it. I was like, oh, this is a fucking bop. I love this. Yeah, very different. Very confusing. Not that I wouldn't, not that I wouldn't have loved 
a Hungarian folk song. I mean, that's exactly my kind of shit. But I was very surprised at the sound of this and super into it. Well, you brought some classical music, so I thought I should find something a little bit more contemporary from Hungary, which has had something of a fraught musical history over the last 60 or so years. Um, Being part of the Eastern Bloc, rock music was effectively banned for a good chunk of like 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, And so their music scene was slow developing. And obviously this particular style of music is from like the late 60s, uh, if we're looking at like American or British bands. Right. However, before diving more into the song, I want to quick take a quick detour for A, some Hungarian translation, and then I want to talk about the band name. So first, Hungarian words. Uh, Ima, which is the name of the album, means prayer in Hungarian. And Pilanat means moment or instant in Hungarian. Um, so uh, kind of all centered around some of these like very hippie ideas <laughs> which is tied in even more with their band name um andrew do you know have you heard of lemuria um is that where they filmed zabumafu you are not too far from the truth really lemuria was a hypothesized mythical continent that connected like Madagascar and India that would have been located under the Indian Ocean, sunk like Atlantis. Mm. That was theorized to explain why there were lemurs in Madagascar and India, etc. Now, modern science has determined that lemurs only exist in Madagascar. And also, of course, there are no continents under the ocean. And the reason these animals look alike is because of continental drift but you know the 1800s were a crazy time for science yeah what were they talking about for lemurs in are there indian lemur like primates i've just googled indian primates i mean there are certainly monkeys in india yeah but that's not a, a lemur a lemur is not a monkey A lemur is a monkey. Lemur's not a monkey. Like, okay, now I'm unsure because you sound so sure, but I'm... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. A lemur is a primate. It's not a monkey. I mean, a monkey is a primate also. Interesting. It is considered a third... It's considered a third... I, I always thought that, you know, primates were broken into monkeys... And apes. Nope, you're wrong. Whether or not they had tails, but this is a interesting. Yeah, it's like I always say: crocodiles are alligators, but not all alligators are crocodiles. Dumb. Anyway, as you can imagine, this idea of Lemuria then took on mystical and mythical properties. Somebody proposed that this was the original origin. The original origin. Somebody proposed that this was the origin of mankind. Right, because we descended directly from lemurs. We are all children of Zabumafu. Anyway, the whole belief system is like this kind of new age theosophy, like, bullshit? (laughs) That it's great music. 
Um, this is like probably their most chill song on the record. <clears throat> There's only four songs on this album, so not a lot to choose from, but um, it's very laid back. It has like a really smooth 6-8 groove to it, and it's kind of lilting in style. Mm-hmm. And there's a really lovely, like, meandering, ambling guitar um, kind of running through the vocal lines. I'm just going to give a quick sample um, from the third verse. I sing the mountain, I dance the river, cover over me the glittering black sky. Yeah. Thank you, Google Translate. That might be completely wrong, but it's, it sounds it's great. okay with the Turkish songs. And as we know, Turkish is the exact same thing as Hungarian, Gabe. Like, like we said, I think what I love about this band is that they've really just gone whole hog for this aesthetic of like hippie American 60s psychedelia. Everything, like their photos, the little blurb on Bandcamp where they reference like Hermes Trismegistus, you know what I'm saying. No. I mean, I don't. It's like, but again, more of the same style. Um, And their artwork even ties in it. I just think that's really fun, and the music is beautiful and enjoyable. Andrew, we're sort of recording this particular episode on short notice yeah. for the new music that typically comes out on Fridays, but I still think you managed to find something really excellent. Yeah, I think we both did, but I get to go first. Uh, this is a song called And Other Things from the EP of the same name by the band Routine. Routine is a duo, and they are composed of Melina Duterte and Annie Truscott. And those two people are Melina Duterte is Jason, and Annie Truscott is the bassist for the band Chastity Belt. And they are a couple. You heard it here first, folks. You know, I wouldn't have gotten that from their band picks. No, where they're like in a prom pose <laughs> out in Joshua Tree. Yeah, so they were originally supposed to go on tour for J-Sum with Annie Truscott playing violin, and then they didn't because of the times. Oh, the times. The New York Times. (laughs) Yeah, because of those goddamn liberal elites. 
Um, and so uh, they ended up, they were very sad about that, but they ended up writing this album together. And what's really cool is I know Jay Sum. I don't know Chastity Belt at all, but uh, Annie Truscott, who's in Chastity Belt, is the basis for Chastity Belt. Jay Sum is just like Molina Duterte's songwriting project. And this band, this duo routine, is really like Annie writing and singing the songs and Melina doing like the production and sort of backup stuff, which is cool because normally Melina is the front woman of her own band and Annie is the bassist for her band. And I really enjoyed this. I don't know Chastity about it all, but this makes me want to check them out now. There have been a number of really interesting musical collaborations and projects that have come out this year that we would not have gotten in a normal year. Yeah. So despite all of the absolute terribleness, there's there's like this small silver lining of, you know, we've gotten some really interesting like quarantine records and people who collaborate who don't normally collaborate. And, you know, this group just wouldn't exist. And this is good music. Yeah. And this song uh, in particular, I mean, most of the songs on this EP, but this song is specifically about quarantine and like thinking about how shit sucks and other things hence the name yeah it's sort of a slow burn i think i don't know i didn't i listened to this ep this morning one time through and i picked a different song from it to add to my list and then i went back to it was like i want to listen to the whole thing again because i just listened to like i hadn't really listened to it sat down and listened to it as a as a unit and that second time through this song and other things really shown through. I, I think it has this, it has a sort of like repetitive quality to it, which, <laughs> although that maybe seems paradoxical, I feel like it gets better on more listens because it, ha- it, it talks about being in quarantine and not seeing people and wondering if other people are feeling the same way that you're feeling and wondering what things are going to be like after quarantine. And there's the refrain of and other things, which is so vague. It even like for one of the lines, it's like doing stuff and other things, which is absolutely how I feel about the last eight months of my life. Woo. Um, it's interesting because the song encapsulates two overriding aspects of this period, which is the dull repetitiveness of day-to-day life yeah, and just like the vagaries and uncertainties associated with anything in the future or even the now. Like, what am I going to do with my free time? Stuff. Stuff is the answer. Yeah, and other things. What thoughts are you thinking Andrew, I love the guitar on this song. Who's playing it? I don't know. Is it a slide guitar? <laughs> Sounds like it. It's hard to tell. Normally, I would like try and look up a live <laughs> thing of the band. Yeah. But I guess they wouldn't have any of those, huh? No, probably not. 
yeah, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know a lot about the, I don't know a lot of specifics, but I really enjoyed it. And you're right. This is sort of, I mean, I don't love saying it like this is like, here's the like silver lining of all of the death and uh, horror that have happened this year. But like, you're right that this is a nice thing that is happening in addition to all those things. And I'm not saying that to ignore all of those things, but I am saying that as something that you can spend your time and attention on. Um, I do love the guitar in this. The, I think my favorite part of this song is the last like 30 seconds of it where it, where it really opens up. I love when a song opens up like that. And a lot of the time I wish it would just keep going. And it's not that I wanted this to end, but I felt like this, I, I don't know what it was about the song. I really can't explain it any further. I feel like it just like was full. Like it opened up and it was, it, it is only like 30 seconds of it being completely opened up. But I thought it was great and it was perfect. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe if we were recording this like two days from now, I would have a better way of explaining myself. But right now, I just think it's really good. I agree. Gabe, we sort of collaborated on our new tunes this week in that I told you to listen to this album and you were like, oh shit, I'm going to take this song. It's like, great. Yeah. So tell me about the Tank and the Bangas record. Well, as you just alluded to, this is Tank and the Bangas. They... Not really an illusion, sort of a direct Yeah, just a just Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, right, fine. Uh, this is off their EP, Friend Goals. And this is the lead track off that extended play, Fluff. All magazines scanning the pictures. Scanning the pictures. Juicy couture teasing the fellas alone. Pretty at Coachella, the weather. This is a great song. It's really good. And I was just like, you were like, you should listen to this EP. And I was like, okay. And like this song comes on. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> this is better than what I was intending to bring. It also features probably my favorite contemporary trumpet player, which is Christian Scott Atunde Ajua, who I definitely mentioned before in this podcast. Definitely. I feel like multiple times. So, Andrew, Tank. Yeah. And the bang is, Tank is Tariana Ball, but she just goes by Tank. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Allenback plays the sax and the flute. Joshua Johnson is on the drums, and Norman Spence on the keys. They tend to collaborate with a number of other artists. Um, as we can see on this song, featured are Duckworth and Christian Scott Atunde Ajua. And one of their frequent collaborators who is featured in like their various tiny desk concerts and I think tours with them, etc., is Angelica Jelly Joseph. The band met 
at an open mic night in New Orleans in like 2011. And I gather found very quick and solid chemistry. Yeah. Sort of like last week, this band is a band that just loves performing and playing together. And nothing crystallizes that more to me than their Tiny Desk concert entry from 2017. Have you seen this video, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing it when it, like when they won the Tiny Desk concert and just being like, oh shit, this is really good. Yeah, it's just, I mean, this blend of jazz and funk and hip hop in a really creative and fun way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing about that video is that not only is the music really good, which is obviously a key part of winning the NPR Tiny Desk concert, but um, they just, they're having so much fun in that video. They're just like dancing around. People have like little things that they're, you know, I guess instruments. I guess you could call them instruments, um, those things that they're playing. It just seems like, I, I like I really feel like I walked in on like a, just like a, a club after school or not even like an organized club, just like some friends uh, grabbed like the music room and were jamming out. Well, that is sort of what it looks like in that video. They're like playing in front of like a random printer. Um, Tank is the absolute clear band leader. And yes, the band is named Tank and the Bang is, so that makes sense. But she is unbelievably expressive and her vocal talent is remarkable. She is a, obviously a great singer, but also a pretty talented MC. Well, she started as a she started as a um, slam poet, right? Oh, is that how she started? I didn't know that. I think so. I mean, whichever way you want to go, there are not a ton of people in the world who can do both of those things very <laughs> right, well. Right, that's very true. Um, typically, it's one or the other. Um, if I were to make a comp for her rapping, it would be Nicki Minaj. Does that ring for you? Like, especially Nicki's earlier work had the same sort of vocal expressiveness, playing with pitch and timbre of their rapping and their voice and like almost creating characters and caricatures through their rapping. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely definitely true of the two of them, yeah. And... Um, Tank's interplay on some of the live stuff with um, Jelly Joseph, um, her collaborator, occasional collaborator, is so fun. Apparently, Jelly named their genre of music Soulful Disney. <laughs> so add that to the collection Great. of fun genre names. Champagne's around, there she goes, dancing all around, gemstones and gowns, cranberry crown, everyone knows, everywhere she goes is Now, Andrew, this song in particular, a bit more laid back and smooth sort of electronica stylings. Um, which fits the theme of the song, which is clearly Coachella. Yeah. The major influence for this song was the Frank Ocean song off Nostalgia Ultra. Hmm. That song is titled Novocaine, which is about Frank Ocean's experience at Coachella one year. Tank has talked pretty explicitly about that being the influence for this song and wanting to do something similar 
after they performed at Coachella in 2018. Um, and just the experience of being there and seeing the sort of people that go to Coachella, you know, not to overgeneralize, but she specifically talks about like there's a, a specific kind of person who comes out of like the valley and LA and goes out to the desert for Coachella. Um, and it's like all about like the glitz and the glamour in the Instagram photos more than anything else. Like for example, the live music. Right. Which typically is incredible, but Coachella is like, you know, much more than just, it's become much more than just like a collection of good music. I suppose almost the music has been subverted a little bit by the glamour culture surrounding the event. The song like incorporates lots of different little moving parts. Alan Beck, who's on the sax and, and the flute specifically in this um, song, is a very expressive horn player, very talented. And uh, the keys are really expertly manipulated. There's great feels to the drums. It just fits together really well. And then for me, the highlight on top of everything, like the absolute cherry on top is the trumpet playing. Mm. And it's exactly Christian Scott's forte and his um like style to have these big expressive long horn notes that he plays out and holds that are just so rich and full of tone and fit over the music perfectly he is an incredibly talented and successful jazz trumpet player who has crossed over into a bunch of different genres and i'm just always amazed when i hear him i think he fits in so perfectly to this song and it's so fun for me to hear a trumpet play that way and to sort of tie the entire song back to like jazz roots. So, Andrew, I did not have a ton of time to listen to a bunch of new music today. Yeah, me neither. But there's a few other things that struck my fancy. Anything else you wanted to mention? Well, the big one probably to mention is Phoebe Bridger's, uh, her copycat killer EP, which is string arrangements of some of the tracks from her June album, Punisher. And the string arrangements are done by Rob Moose, who is the king of strings for the indie world. Um, I think he also did has done strings on like her last two albums, but these are just strings. I thought it was really lovely, especially the track Punisher was really transformative. I mean, the EP is, is really best as an accompaniment to the album itself, but I think it is worth the listen uh, for just that song alone. I also loved this EP and I did get a chance to listen to it. And I'm so glad that Chinese Satellite made the cut because it is one of my favorite songs <laughs> off the album and it's very beautiful and incredibly sad. 
with the strings behind it. There was like a post-punk punk record uh, self-titled from Hypoluxo uh, that is kind of brash and the vocals aren't super polished, but it's fun and the lyrics are incisive. There were some 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 nice chill grooves from uh, Lewis Coleman, an album called Method of Places. I liked the record from Five Billion in Diamonds, which is a, sort of a supergroup project from Butch Vig, uh, who is the drummer for Garbage and has produced bands like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and Foo Fighters. All right. Very cinematic. You love that. I do love that. And we'll leave it there for today. I'm sure there's plenty more good music that has come out that we just simply have not gotten around to this week with everything that is happening, but you know we will. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. We have a Spotify playlist with picks from the show that we leave in the show notes. And then we'll be back next Tuesday, December 1st, with more tunes and more grooves. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Press. Fresh Press.